This is Keywords, and I'm Zoe Cummins. We've launched this series to bring together stories, sounds, and words that you have sent us, each week guided by a keyword. We've commissioned work by established and emerging writers, sound artists and poets. We have voice recordings and calls. We want you to think out loud and describe this moment we're living in. Record it on your own devices and send it to us. In this episode, Sarah Keating, Sarah Davis Goff, Nick McGinley, Aidan McCardle, Marcella O'Sullivan, Sinead Gleason and Steve Shannon, and Kay Quintet. Like many of you, I'm at home, living my small and private life, my circle of movement contained. This week's keyword distance. just heading back to bed for a little nap. Like a lot of people, I've had difficulty getting to sleep since this strange time started. When the lockdown began first and the streets cleared, I started to hear things. From my bed, you can just about hear the beeping of the traffic lights, about 50 metres away from my house. But this was different. It was more distant, and kind of like a rumbling, like construction was going on down the road. I have tinnitus. It bugs me when I'm a little stressed or haven't slept enough. It's like a ringing in your ears, or a hiss, or a roar. Or a screech. Other nights it's like flies that switch and whoosh across the back of your head. The sound of your blood pumping through your neck into your brain and around and around. Static or pulses that buzz and click. Like you're waiting for an old-fashioned telephone to connect a long-distance call. Other times it's like you're listening to the earth itself, its hum and movement. And then eventually, quiet. All the noise is dampened. And now my ears are open to other things, other people, other sounds. This is what Sarah Keating is listening to from her apartment in Singapore. Standing outside my apartment on the balcony in Singapore, there is a thunderstorm just about to hit. You can hear the thunder, see some lightning in the background. When we first moved here, I found the new soundscape really difficult to get used to because it was so different. Um, There was one particular bird that was so exotic sounding, I didn't actually know it was a bird at first. Um, I thought it was a washing machine (laughs) in the distance, which sounds really strange. so loud 
And even now when I'm on the phone to somebody from home and it's in the background, you know, it just sounds completely bizarre. But you know, like anything over time, we've been here four years now, those noises that were really strange at the start just sort of fade into the background and you don't really hear them anymore. Life is so busy and full of noise anyway. Um, You forget to listen. I don't think I had ever experienced a thunderstorm quite like the ones that you have here in Singapore. They have that amazing forked lightning which I'd never seen before, which completely blew my mind. The thunder sounds like it's getting closer now. Writer Sarah Davis Goff knows her way around dystopia. In her debut novel, Last Ones Left Alive, Ireland is a post-virus landscape and scrake roam the country. They're walking corpses with a taste for the survivors. While things haven't gone that far in the present, her new piece for keywords, Between Us, captures other hazy previsions and fear. You've no need to know my name. Until we knew it had happened, there were important things about us and things we were proud of or ashamed of. You've no need now to know my age, where I came from, or what books I read, or how I try to make and keep money, or whether my parents love me, or who we would call on a Sunday afternoon. He turns on the television once a day at six o'clock and we watch together. Everything is a symptom. I list mine too. Headaches, nausea, dizziness, cramps, insomnia, itching skin, sore muscles, breathlessness. I hear a story about a woman whose hands claw up and are unusable for weeks. Sometimes there is bleeding, some sex organs swell up. It is both a departure and a return. The nausea is the worst. I ration myself, eat a very little every few hours, and at night I lie awake thinking of the foods I miss. Sashimi all wrapped up with rice, and soaked with soy sauce. Soft eggs with soldiers, camembert and salami, dry white wine. We'll have them again, Tom tells me. This is what he says about many things. We'll be able to go abroad, to swim in the sea, to drink cold beers and rich red wines. We'll lie in the sun. There is, so far, a good chance he is right. Even so, it won't be the same. I do not tell him this. I eat carefully. 
one full step, I feel, and my stomach will clench in on itself so hard that it'll never loose again. It will twist so violently that it'll be useless altogether, and I need it now. I cut an apple in half, and at 2 p.m. I eat one part. The other I will save for tomorrow. My gut cramps, but I make it through the days. They pass fast, so fast, but then the weeks take an age. Time expands and contracts. First, it is two weeks till we will be allowed out, then a month, then maybe six. There are rumors we will never be out of it, and these are the ones I pay the most attention to. I will never be out of this. Sometimes it makes me so joyful it almost feels like relief. Sometimes I'll stop what I'm doing, making lists or tidying, and I'll remember it's happening and my throat will close up. One day I will stop worrying about the closeness of it, and I will begin to worry about the distance that will grow between me and myself. We cannot leave the house but for essentials. Tom can't go to the hospital with me, for example, if I had to go. I laugh at the oddest times. I cannot stop my thoughts running to, it will rain this afternoon and then we will light the fire. I am not permitted to light matches, but I clean the grate and set the logs and the old papers to burn. Tom begins to worry about me. Our money dwindles. We spend some time applying to our governments for different reliefs, but for reasons I do not understand, we are not eligible. Tom misses his friends. Many people love him. I talk to both of mine nearly as much as I did before, which is to say, not very much. I try to make a plan for if the worst happens. Perhaps we can find a child's pool online, from somewhere taking orders and sending out clandestine couriers. Maybe, if I explain to them the situation we are in, we will inflate it and we will fill it with warm water, and that is where I will labour. The absolute end I dread, the earth-ending pain, shit, blood, tearing, the viscera, the outright gore, has happened every day to women forever. This absolute end, which is only a beginning of the rest of it. My old name submerged, like an old world, a series of mistakes, only worth something perhaps now as a foundation for the new. This is where the distance will begin. We are all losing ourselves, I feel. We're still figuring out just how we got here and measuring how far it'll be to get there. Aidan McArdle's poem looks at how complex it is to measure where or whatever that distance is. Distance is not a partial thing, though subsequent or sequential, neither nor of time nor place, containing delays, returns, misshapes, lostnessness. The distance from then till now the stars can be charted. I can say I left in 1987. I can say the stars were... I can say this was significant or not. I can say we came back in 2006, late in the year. Early darkness, sea fogs. I can say the stars compare. Language has consequences. It betrays our anticipations. But this distance, place to place, then to now... Fragmentary epiphany, back is, 
uncertain. The people, no more than myself, distance is a relative blood-caught seed. No growing back past this. Distance is... Distance is relative. For some, distance is welcome, necessary. People trying to move far away from other people, from situations, sometimes from themselves. This is writer Nick McGinley with Hikiko Mori on the different types of distance. Climb into your mind's walled garden and lock the iron gate. Recall the idea of Japanese shut-ins as inexplicable and bizarre. Hikikomori, they called it. Half a million youngsters, the same again of us middle folk. Duvet days of weeks to months, laptop telly, a slippery slope. A steep descent down your alpine quilt. Back to bed, back to bed, my sweet. Lonely, crack-skinned, clean-clean hands point the blinking line. Sci-fi hermits in the year COVID-19, when billions went inside. Next episode in five, four, three, two. Social recluses. What do you mean? Writers? Awkward. Self-unemployed again, my friends, inured to this shit. A gig was a mob term for a lottery bet. Good description of the economy we get. Back to bed. Back to bed, my sweet. Tactile politicians, white knuckles clenched, they bow instead. The gigs are gone, emergency wine and cough bottle booze. But sober hands take care what they touch. Voluntarily doing solitary, isolated but necessary, distant but over there. Estranged from yourself, that happy spanner with the takeout coffee, the half-time pitch spitter, The feel of the crowd's caress, an ancient sensation. Back to bed, back to bed, my sweet. Hold up with your ex, shit break. Wistfully flick-pick the past pretty partner, which optimum year the plague could have swept. For the bed in for peace, the old ball and chain letter tapper. Be civil, WhatsApp, you liked each other once. Attend to those unwelcome thoughts, don't drown them out. Sanction ravaged Tehran, Already on one knee, COPD, solidarity with our balcony friends, with Madrid, New York and London, thwart the demagogues, infect only populism. A grand reset. Let's extend the winner's enclosure to all. Empathy for you and me and he and she and them and they. Or perhaps we'll all just get fatter. But let printed pages and outdoor sky soothe those red screen eyes. Breathe in tidal sink with Kiladun. Keem Bay will salve all our ills. Pick up your instruments and play. Frolic, for the withdrawal was acute. It's up time now, love. Time to greet the day. From an emerging day on this side of the world to a day ready to rest in the Southern Hemisphere. Marcella O'Sullivan is a songwriter and writer. She's also a mother. She lives in Melbourne and she's constantly watching 
all the stages of her son's development up close. Here she is on a hot summer night as he changes and grows. Outside, the cicadas sing in the late evening heat. The kookaburras laugh noisily through the eucalypts, swaying in the wind as the cool change blows in. You lie in your cot, watching the faintest of shadows thrown across the room by the almost set sun. You've just mastered the art of rolling from side to side. Fighting sleep, you throw both legs into the air and hands outstretched, you use the momentum to swing your little body towards mine. You grab my face, one hand hooked inside my mouth, the other inside my ear, and you pull my willing, sleepy body towards you. You guide my face into yours. Your soft lips rest peacefully against my cheek and your familiar scent fills my nostrils. That smell, your smell. There is no distance between us. Our bodies merge into one as we were four months earlier. In the darkness, I cannot tell where my face ends and where yours begins. Your light little heartbeat tapping under my fingers, placed lightly around your chest, triggers my own to beat a little faster. You sigh, falling into sleep, and your tiny nostrils inhale my exhalation. I inhale you. There is no distance between us. There's been a lot on social media about who you'd like to share your quarantine house with. A famous band, or an actor, or a writer perhaps. Some of you are already sharing your house with a creative partner, like writer Sinead Gleeson and music producer Steve Shannon. They've collaborated on this piece for keywords. Two metres is not a lot until you measure it, not in distance, but in time and tactility. All the weeks you've gone without touching another person. The mantra of ads and posters asking us not to stray outside a two kilometre radius. Those who live within this circumference will have to wait for the forest. For scytherism, the sound of wind rustling in trees, and the forest, the vast green swell of it, will wait for you. The city quietens, turning down its own volume. 
we become more attuned to the sound of birdsong. A collective tilt of heads seeking out each tiny scale. Our rectangular house feels more like a circle or a bubble. Concentric. Equidistant. A memory of the sea pushes in now, waves rolling across the garden, and city birds give way to gulls. Here, the sea is too far away to be seen or heard. I envy those who live near stony piers, with the salt and fish tang of a harbour. The rest of us have to imagine. Lambay Island, 25 kilometres. Hook Head, 190 kilometres. Fastnet Lighthouse, 310 kilometres. Fastnet Rock is called Carrig Aner in Irish meaning lonely rock, its own stone of self-isolation. Fastnet's beam extends 28 nautical miles. Its luminosity is two and a half million candelas. Out on the grey-black waves, the rocks endure, the beam sweeps on. But now, everything has changed, and everyone needs a beacon to illuminate new ways to live, different modes of seeing. So we move towards the light. If you want to immerse yourself in more of Sinead Gleeson's work, her collection of essays is called Constellations. And Steve Shannon creates under the name of Mount Alaska with Killian MacDonald. Their album, Wave Atlas, is a soundtrack to an imaginary movie. That appeals to me. Just make up your own narrative as you listen. We're almost at the end of our first episode of Keywords. But another duo creating together are David Duffy and Senya Parhatskaya of K Quintet. They've composed a song together, prompted by keywords, and it's so beautiful that I think it might even make it onto their new album later this year. This is Standing in the Distance. Waited, I am waiting. Of our heart, 
whisper in my ear went all across the waters you need who ever thought of such a thing this is how our souls are If you'd like to submit to the series, keep in touch with us on RTE and Twitter at KeywordsPod. Next week's keyword is Things Left Unsaid. And you'll hear work by Emer McBride, Roisin O'Donnell, Siri Morgan and more. Keywords is a new normal culture production funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland Sound and Vision Scheme.